Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, Estimate Rocket, and Paint Supply. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, a show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast Industry Partner Series. We are talking with Tom Drost. He is the founder and CEO of Estimate Rocket. Many of you know uh, Estimate Rocket. Many of you use Estimate Rocket. So I'm extremely honored and excited to be speaking with Tom today. Tom, what's going on, man? Great to be here, Brandon. Um, busy as always, and uh, but always looking forward to, uh, to doing podcasts. It's nice to get uh, out and talk to people. I love it, man. So uh, I guess if we could, I, I know the focus of today is really talking about how to break that $5 million barrier. It's not mm. it's not one that's talked about. The million dollar, right? The million dollars right. is super common. Sometimes if you're ultra aggressive, the 10 million, but there is a number in between those and we're right. going to talk about it. But I'd love to to initially, if we can just learn a little bit more about the Estimate Rocket story, how long you guys sure. have been around, maybe kind of the origin, how it came about, all that stuff. Sure. Well, uh, just in general, Estimate Rockets and end-to-end software solution enables service contractors to run their businesses efficiently, saving them time and money, so they can focus not on technology, but on focusing on their customers and the work that they need to get done. We've wow. been uh, we've been doing this for uh, seven years. Estimate Rocket is about seven years old, um, and uh, having a great time, and uh, really enjoy working with our customers. Uh, really enjoy the solutions that we're putting out there. It it is really exciting to see. Uh, our customers grow and using the product and uh, just growing in general, but even more satisfying when they're using your own, your product. So it's been a really good uh, fun ride. And we've seen some of our folks go from 2 million or 1 million to 5 million to even higher. You know, it's not, it's not all of them, but certainly people are uh, enjoying the ride and hopefully we're giving them the right things that they need. Yeah. I love that, uh, that unique value proposition that's succinct i i I find that's a challenging thing you know it is to be able to give that sort of elevator pitch and and yours is very very dialed in we we allow them to focus on what they do and we handle the technology so they don't have to worry about that yeah i've actually designed that based on conversations with our customers because i never knew how to how to put that out there in a way that actually resonated with people and in talking with our customers they actually told us what the things were that that really worked for them and helped them and what it allowed them to do. I mean, at the end of the day, our tool is really an enabling tool. 
it's it's not magic. You still got to put in the work and do the hard work, but it it's a tool that will you know enable you to get a lot out of it and a lot and and help you grow your business. So, so where did the idea for Estimate Rocket come from? Uh, that's an interesting story. So um, we started out doing sort of one-off projects with customers when we first started the company, which was actually twelve years ago, and um, twenty twelve. 12, yeah, 11 years ago. Um, and so we were just pretty much doing one-off, you know, development projects for people that would, that we knew, I knew from some consultants that I worked with that had customers that needed things. And one of them happened to be a, an estimating program for a concrete lifting company. So they had, they sell, uh, uh, the, the uh, if I can say the company, it's HMI company, great company, great people. Um, and they were, you know, they had a kind of a secret sauce of how to how to do the estimates, but they didn't have a vehicle to do it. You know, they could tell you what the math was to use to figure out the materials that you needed, calculate it, but they didn't have a way for to make that easy for people and, and to be out in the field doing it. So we built it. And at that time, all it did was estimating. And that's where we ended up with the estimate rocket name, which is a little short-sighted in the long view, but uh, you know, that's what happened. So anyway, we built that, uh, that, that was used for a while. We went on and did a, a native, um, a mobile app that all it did was estimates that turned into invoices that turned into, you know, or work orders to invoices, very, very limited, no connectivity to other, you know, to other multi-user or anything like that. But it actually, Took off pretty good. We were selling in the app store for a dollar ninety-nine. We thought, woohoo, we yeah. made it now. You know, made it. Yeah. So talk about the journey, right? Um well, you sell so, enough of them, you have made it, but you got to sell quite a bit at one ninety-nine. Exactly. So uh we then looked at that. We looked at the need for connectivity to get, you know, we needed it to be multi-user and and even the HMI app was really a um it was a native app on a on a tablet. Only ran on a tablet. It was you know specifically sized for a tablet. And we wrote a web app because that seemed like the way to go, and we could have the back end connectivity. and And as soon as we do that, did that, it kind of took off. Um, it was uh, um, serving an area that was very underserved at the at the at that time for sure. Probably still underserved. Um, as as indicated by the number of competitors that we have today versus what we had just three or four years ago. I mean, the, the space has really filled up. It's a obviously a big need out there. So um, we just kept, you know, adding the things that people need into the product to, to extend it from ju- not just the estimating, but work scheduling and uh, all the way out to, you know, collecting payments. And probably one of the best things we do is the way we report things. So I was a bean counter in a former light or an accountant, as most people would say. And um, so I have kind of a focus on the accounting in, uh, integrity of what the system's producing. And it's definitely a different you know, way to look at things than a lot of you know, development houses do because I have that background. So I'm all about the business purpose of it and you know, getting out of it what you need to really to drive your company. And that really shows in what we do for, for reporting. So it's, it's really kind of fun. That's great, man. So you, how did you go from being an accountant to uh, essentially owning a software business? Well, it was sort of like leaping off a building. Uh, I was, I was sitting in my office one day. Now, if I get, if I go on too long about this, just let me, I'm sitting in my office one day as a staff accountant. And I had one of those epiphany moments where I looked out 
and I saw my boss's head and my boss's boss's head and my boss's 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 head all lined up. And I looked at the guy at the end of the line. I said, no way am I waiting that long. So I quit my solid real? job. Is this a real story? This is a real true story. You saw the three guys in a line? They li- I swear, they, <laughs> their heads <laughs> lined amazing. up at a moment in time, right? It was. And that really did hit me. The stars and aligned. I, You're like, oh, my God, that's a long they, path. Honestly, they really did. And uh, so I quit my rock solid job, you know, working for an accounting firm and had benefits. And it was, you know, a great job. My, I found out later, Hopped my father-in-law thought man. I was a... Uh, yeah. You hopped in with the sharks. I did. My father-in-law thought I was a whack job for leaving my this solid job because I took a job at a computer store. Now, this is, again, this was a long time ago. Uh, and yeah, the, I thought, okay, this is a segue into computers and that's what I want to do. And I started meeting people who were coming in. I was doing training and, and you know, set up and things, support for the customers that would come in. So I I started listening to their problems and I started helping them. I basically started consulting with them to help them solve their problems, right? Loved it. I mean, I was so jazzed on that. That job lasted about a year. And that's when I jumped off the cliff and started my own business. And we started out basically doing training, but the training all led to people needing customizations. And so being a systems person, I didn't want to custom. I don't want to do things just for one people. I want to do things that could expand and serve many, but in, you know, with enough flexibility to satisfy them. And uh, that's how we ended up here. <laughs> I love it, man. That's quite the yeah. journey. So, so let's kind of go was, in. And I know you started with Estimate Rocket. It started right. essentially uh, eleven years ago as a one-off software development program. It's sort of the yeah. true origin story. It's officially been started seven years ago. Um, yeah. Starting you know, you say sort of uh, potentially mis- misnaming it maybe due to the potential that it had estimate rocket. Although, right. you know, I'd argue a lot of times that really doesn't matter. Uh, right. But we'll, let's get into the the software today. And then I'm going to back up. And we're going to go to, sure. you know, what we're actually going to talk about with growing to 5 million. Sure. But what does the software do if it's not just estimating? Uh, so uh, it does uh, proposals. It does sales follow-up. Um, once you've, once you've created a proposal, uh, it does, uh, messaging, you know, two-way messaging with the custom, with the clients. Uh, and then once the proposal gets set and it does have automated follow-ups, it has sort of, I'll call them mini drip campaigns. So for each stage of the project, you can, you can create a drip campaign. Some, you know, like a, like an appointment confirmation might only have one. It's just the appointment confirmation or some of our customers use them, use them creatively and they'll send out a, a drip that says, Hey, here's what to expect when we get there. You know, here's the way to prep for it. So they can do that constant communications and they automatically turn off when the projects move. So it's really, you know, it, it works very fluidly for them. So, uh, after the sales is, after you've closed the deal, you've got, um, You've got work scheduling of work. You know, we know we need to put guys out in the field. Um, you know, set up what the tasks are that they're going to do, and uh, provide them with some sort of a work order that they can work off of and know what exactly they're going to produce. And SMR Rocket does this. That that's sort oh, of yeah. project management functionality. Absolutely, yeah. Just built in as one of the steps in in the project lifecycle. We we call everything a project. Okay. Project yep. starts when you get a lead goes through the sales process, becomes a work order, goes through the work process, goes to the invoice process, and then it's completed. 
Okay. And then invoicing, payments, and uh, best part of all is the reporting. So. What's the reporting? Just all of the all of the uh, pieces that we have, like the sales reports, closing ratio reports, um, profitability reporting, um, accountability reporting. So we do keep track of what who the user was that clo- that owned the project, who sold the project, who worked the project. So we know, you know, when we go to have a a meeting, a, a, a you know, a report a project review meeting. We can sit there and go, okay, hey, let's get the estimator and the crew leader out here and let's talk through this because, you know, something went wrong here. Did Was it a problem with the estimate? Was it a problem in the field? What exactly happened? So we have all those details that, and we know who was, who participated and it makes it really easy to have those conversations about, hey, you know, let's talk about this and figure out what went wrong or what went right sometimes. Yeah, I love that, man. So the, the reporting is something I've found that, that's lacking so often in, in software yeah. for us, for, for other marketing agencies, it's one of sure. our big pointers is our real, yeah. real time reporting, but people yeah. want that. People need that. And they need it to be easy. They don't, they, right. you know, we're contractors, painting company. They're typically not, uh, you know, technical, super sure. technically proficient. Always they're not running software companies. They're running a painting company. Right. right. How, how right. flexible is your reporting at what I, what I like is, okay, you can actually assign the estimator. To that project, yeah. right? The project manager. Yeah. And you sort of consolidate. So all of a sudden you can start to look at trends amongst like who are your more successful estimators or who who's running the more profitable project. Can you do stuff like that? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And the project profitability report, you you get to see, you'll see whoever the participants were, and you can filter by, you know, you can pick this supervisor and this uh estimator or whatever combinations of those things that you want. Talk about then accountability, you can, man. Yeah, that's that's what's so beautiful. I mean, you know who it is, you know how long things took to progress. I mean, all the details and everything's in one place. So, you, you know, you go to look at a project and you scroll down through the project and everything's there. The details of the pro- of the scope of work and everything, the uh, any communications, emails or messaging back and forth. It's just all in one one spot. Makes it real super easy to keep track of. Yeah, it's amazing. So you have the macro level where you can see see some of your key team members their their ultimate yeah. performance over time but then you also yeah. can drill down as far as you want to that micro level yeah every report has a ultimately has a drill into a project yeah excellent so who do you serve uh we serve uh service contractors our our core customer is uh probably 5 to 50 team members we have some that have over 100 and have some that are smaller. Um, what happens is some of the things, what we do um, may be overkill for a single operator. You know, it's a, there's a difficult thing. It'll work for them and it'll do great things for them, but they may not want to have, take the discipline to, um, to keep up with it. And then, you know, they get to a certain stage and I think, you know, five is really a good entry level stage. You know, around five people on your team, you're you're capable of bringing in somewhere between six fifty and and nine hundred thousand dollars a year, depending upon how your you know your pricing works and and what kind of a market you're in, and that's where you start. You know, you get over one or two people, you get to five people, you start needing to have that coordination factor that's kind of built in for scheduling people out and for the accountability. Yeah, I love that. Definitely okay. a tipping point there. 
Yeah, and you guys are serving service contractors who you work with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, painting is probably our is certainly our biggest uh, core group, um, but we also work with remodelers. We work with uh, uh, handymen. We work with uh, a lot of people in the concrete. Obviously, we we got started in concrete repair, but we work with foundation repair companies. Um, you know, really, it's really designed around the service contractor model, which is, you know, estimate what the heck you got to do and get a proposal in the customer's hands, schedule the jobs out and, and you know, get the right people on the job at the right time and then get your invoices paid. What does the train up look like that? Do you guys have any sort of onboarding or training or how does someone get comfortable using the software? Yeah, we, we, got, we have. So from when you, when you, from the moment you sign up, an onboarding specialist will reach out to you and schedule a meeting with you, 15 minute call just to kind of set your expectations. Um, we have, you know, we have chat through our, through our site, no bots involved, pure like human beings answer. And, um, we also have telephone, you know, call them by telephone if you want to, uh, or email certainly, but most people use the chat and telephone. who talks to Yeah, people? I know we, we do actually <laughs> some things that are quicker over the phone, but you know, yeah. Um, and, and our customers do seem to like the phone. I think it's a, I think it definitely is a service. Contractor thing. It, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. But it's important. I mean, there's some things I talk to the support team, but and customer service is a really important thing to me. I think you, uh, you have to provide real customer support to people. You have to give them the tools they need to be able to, to run the product. And I've always felt that way in terms of what we do. I've always been very service heavy in terms of what I've done in all of the software projects we've worked in. I think it's an important thing. We have a whole, and a ton, you know, we publish videos constantly. We, we publish these little one minute videos that are kind of how to, how to do this, you know, quick tip kind of things. Uh, probably a hundred videos that, you know, explain the different processes in the program. We run weekly sessions called Collaboration Tuesdays, which basically are session where we have a topic for the day, but it's mainly for people to ask questions and in a group scenario where they can, you know, you know, give help each other because we'll have people saying, oh, well, I did this this way and they did that that way. And really, I love that because it just gets everybody, you know, together. Yeah. Not continuing education component is so important, too, because you're probably constantly updating, mm-hmm. rolling out new features, things like that. Yeah, totally. And it, and it is hard. It's hard to get, you know, we find people that have been using the system, they're big users in the system, and we'll be reviewing something with them in their account and realize, oh my God, they're using like, you know, 20% of, yeah. of what's there for them. And most of it is, most of it is really just knowing about it. It's like, oh God, you just hit that button and it starts the campaign or whatever it is. But, you know, not, not everyone is an explorer. And I think, computers software in the old days was really easy to screw up like you could really hurt yourself bad without too much effort it's really changed a lot i mean at least our tool yes you hit delete and you go to do something and it says type the word delete to continue by the way you're deleting all these things and you still type in delete okay (laughs) sorry i can't help you but you know whenever you see that in any application don't do it unless you're really sure. <laughs> yeah, it's so giving you, you an opportunity to to be sure, right? About what you're doing. What is the so what's the the what's your revenue model? Do people 
Is this a one-time purchase, annual subscription, monthly it's subscription? A, what does that it's look a like? monthly subscription. We do it. There is an annual option as well. Um, and it's tiered um, based on the number of users. So depending upon how many users you are, you can go to a higher tier and that'll give you more included users and a better per user price. Got it. Okay. And so just to kind of make the numbers easy, it, this is sure. probably a fit for painting contractors once they're close to maybe a little above half a million in annual. Exactly. Five yeah. yeah. Okay. It's still cost effective when you've got one or two, but it again, people at the one or two, they're working so hard just to get the work done. They don't, you know, they do the systems a little late. You want to right. start when you got two or three, not when you're up to up to 10. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, ultimately, this is about systematizing and making your company efficient. So if you're an owner right. operator, if you're out there doing the estimate and the painting and the project management, there's really not not so much to use this for. It's when you actually start building a team and, Absolutely. and a real true company, this makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. So I want to kind of back up for a second. So the, this is obviously a part of our industry partner series. So what that means is that that Estimate Rocket is a vetted a partner, uh, a vetted, trusted industry partner, trusted by painter marketing pros. And one of the reasons, so we used to not, we used to not ha ever have any vendors that we would talk yeah. with. We, we would strictly talk with painting companies doing over a million a year. That's how we really started uh, sure. the podcast. We've since branched out a bit. Now we're doing series and, and we have an industry partner series. The, the value that I have found, aside from just exposing people to good products and, and making their lives and companies better by doing that, is that you have experience with a lot of companies, right? So when we right, talk right. to one painting company, they typically have experience with one company. You, right. as, a, as, a, as a vendor with a company that serves many painting companies, you can pull in, you can share right. data on a more aggregate level. And that's Definitely. what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to let right. you kind of, however you want to lead this, I want to I explain to people the path to 5 million. All right. I'll do my best. Um, Not to put you so, on the spot, but also to no, put you on no, the spot. no pressure at all. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> so um, it's more than one step. First of all, um, between, you know, you're going to find that every, at every, every block that requires you to hire one or more people is another leap. And that's one of the things that you got to be prepared for. You're going to, you know, as you get up there, one person can probably do about 100K in revenues. And again, this all depends upon exactly the type of business you have, et cetera. But, you know, two people, one production, maybe one sales, maybe you can get up around 200K. Five people, six feet. But, and the reason, the way place I get these numbers, by the way, is we made this little uh, Google Sheet tool that's really kind of cool. I call it the What Up spreadsheet. And basically, one up, it's one a, up spreadsheet. What what if? Sorry. Oh, the what if spreadsheet. What okay. if spreadsheet? Basically, you can. There's like seven or eight variables, and you get how many people you got. What do you charge per hour? What's your average hourly cost? And a few more, right? And basically, you put in, you change any of those numbers, and it shows you, okay, this is your potential revenue. You know, how many? The other things it asks for is, do you give paid time off? You know, do you how many weeks? You know, how many weeks do you pay people for, and how many weeks do you do they work? You know, they work for you. This sounds like a fun so, tool. Like keep keep with it, tracing a hundred million, and then like see if you can go higher. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Michael, I made the columns really wide though, so you can't <laughs> blow it up. But it's neat because you can once you download it, you, it's yours. You get you know you make your it basically your own copy in Google Sheets, so it's not you know you're you're on your own, not not uh nothing we're reading. But uh, it, it's fun because it you have, I can pop things like this in there and say yeah okay about this many people to make this much revenue. 
anyway, back to the back to the goal. So a couple of quick stats here. Nine, only 9% of U.S. businesses ever reach a million dollars in revenue. Wow. And only 1% make it to 10 million. And I couldn't find a stat on 5 million. So I'm not sure exactly, but it's somewhere, somewhere between, between that nine and one. one. Yeah. Um, so, but the good news is that there's 33 million small businesses in the U.S. So that's really, you know, 331,000 businesses make it to 10 million even. So there, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Yeah. The other thing, the other quick idea is that to get to 1 million in the 1 million vicinity, you're probably going to need around 10 people. Now, again, your mileage varies by, you know, what your hourly rate is and, you know, what, 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 you know, how, how you run things. But if you're selling hours, which is what most service contractors ultimately do, they sell materials too, but the materials are not generally a big, you know, uh, big cost item in what they do. Uh, if you sell hours, you know, 10 people are going to yield you around a million dollars to get to 5 million. You're going to have, end up having somewhere around 40 people. So that gives you kind of an idea of that expansion. So you can see as you go through these phases, you know, from one to 2 million, you're going to need closer to 20 people. And again, these numbers vary, but you know, I hate, I hate calling out. I'm kind of a, a very detailed accounting type guy by nature. So I, I hate throwing out numbers and people go, oh, no, that's wrong. Well, yes, there are variables in there, but yeah, look, at it's in the ballpark. You know, 100, yeah, you're 100K, qualifying it. Yeah. Right. So, so what does it take to get to those different stages is the key. So I think the hardest one actually is your first hire. You know, when you're, when you're at 100K, and and you're really crushing it, but you want to grow. You're 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 limited. You you can only go so far with one body. So you got to hire somebody, and that first hire is probably probably the hardest thing for most people to do because it's a leap, no matter what you do, right? Yep. So I always suggest that at that stage, what you need to do is you need to build your backlog. Building a backlog of work gives you a comfort level of saying, okay. I can do this. I've got enough work for the next six months. I know I can pay somebody else and I know I can get even more business if I have that capacity. And steps like that are going to occur at each of these steps that you're going to go through. The next hardest one probably gets to be where you actually need to hire management people as opposed to just production people. Yep. So, you you know, you get into that five people you know between five and ten people is where a million dollars is actually that that's it's right in that range um and that's where you also probably need to add somebody in who is you know pure overhead they're they're just going to manage projects or they're just going to do sales or something to that effect and that's another difficult um difficult leap but the key the other key that goes along with this is as you you know imagine you got one person you add another person that's pretty easy that person has things to do you have things to do but the next step as you go through this process is delegation and you know there's a ton of business coaches out there that will you know that teach this stuff in detail and how to get to each level and the reason there's a lot of different business coaches is because they're all teaching at different levels because there's different things that you actually have to do at each of the steps, at each of the, you know, the hurdles, if you will. So um, 
the, you know, the, one of the next hurdles is hiring that, uh, that overhead person, maybe your bookkeeper or your admin person. Um, that's also one of the ones you probably should do earliest. Cause that's someone you can delegate a lot of things to, to free you up to do sales and to manage your team. And that person can also help you to hire more production people. You know, you, exactly. you empower yeah. them to, to run essentially a recruiting funnel because you yeah. should always be recruiting even when you don't need people always. because then you're not in a desperate position. Exactly. And you and you get a backlog of people that you know you can call on in the future. Maybe they're in the middle of something, but you like them and they say, hey, you know, call me again in six months. Who knows what's going to go on here kind sure. of thing. So absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you can be transparent and and you know let people know, hey, there's we're not in a position right now, but we want to get you on a short yeah. list and, and see if you're interested. One of the things yeah. we did at Painter Marketing Pros fairly early on was hire a full time recruiter, which is very yeah. abnormal for a marketing agency, but it allows us to right. to have kind of the first pick of mm-hmm. our talent pool. And I think it's right. something that uh, painting companies should strongly consider, even though right. that's that's sort of an outside the box idea. How, what do you recommend? Totally. So. That, so these positions, especially the management, you know, the overhead, that is a painful one. I can attest to the mm-hmm. higher yeah. sudden, Man, I'm making less money right now. What? what that was stupid, <laughs> right? You're kind of, you're betting on the growth when you do something like that. But right. what do you, I guess I, I have a few questions for you. Number one, sure. how, or, or what advice do you have uh, for finding good people? Because obviously that's a pain point. You know, even, <clears throat> even painters or really any good people, the, the common yeah. refrain is, uh, you know, there's no good people out there. What would your response or advice be for that? Well, again, this is another one that depends upon your stage. Um, As you get as you get bigger, I strongly suggest that you create a growth and training program and start training Mm. people coming out of tech schools. You know, it opens up your options to looking in other places. I I remember um, going down to visit a customer in New York City. They're a um, a masonry company, and when I walked into the office at uh, oh, dark thirty, and uh, it was literally still dark, and the and the groups, you know, getting getting set up for the day, and uh, I walk into the kind of the downstairs, and there's this big open room with a bunch of like half block walls everywhere. And I like said, Sal, what, what exactly is that? He says, this is our training facility. This is where we where we grow masons and, and wow. actually teach them how to you know do the masonry work. So again, that's a longer play. Obviously, that's something you can do more easily as you grow, but it's definitely something to keep in your in your back pocket. Um, other than that, I you know I have to tell you I have not hired in that area personally. So I've you know my hires have been generally through recruiting or through people I know that you know relationships I've established. But that's kind of the you know if you're any sort of a networking person and you know people. It's really a matter of putting it out there and asking, you know, if you're in that early stage and you need one person or uh, are trying to find a key person, ask your friends. They don't even have to be in the business. Just say, hey, you know, anybody who you think might want to be worthwhile to ask if they want a career in painting. I mean, that networking thing really works, especially if you're good at it. Um, Yeah. No, I, I love that. And even though you don't have maybe extensive experience recruiting people directly for a painting company, I think your points, right. uh, the growth training program, obviously it opens you up to recruiting non-painters, recruiting people not from the space, which opens up the wide talent pool for you. Right. But it, what it also does is having a program like that, or or even maybe something beyond that, as people yeah. grow within the company, it attracts talent. Because Definitely. what you don't want is, hey, why should why should you work for my company? Well, because I'll give you $25 an hour or I'll give you $20 an hour. You have the ability to go up $30 an hour. That's attractive to a point, 
but right. only to a point. And when you're looking for for true rock stars, for truly driven people in their career, that is not enough. Nope. You have to give people the opportunity. You have to show them the vision for the future for themselves and their family and, and their career. Right. Yeah. I've been super impressed actually with, uh, especially in the painting industry. And I think honestly, the PCA has plays a huge part in this at what they're doing in terms of, of elevating the trade there. Uh, you know, I talked to a lot of, of painting contractors that really have serious programs for recruiting and training and, uh, and HR, basically they may not have HR people, but they got a full HR package of, Hey, this is your growth pattern. This is what you can expect as you go up levels in your skills. I mean, and like you said, that for people who are are looking for a place to to be and to be a part of, that's really important. Knowing that they can actually grow, because I think too many of the trades have the reputation of an old school. Oh, you're just going to go there, and they're going to they're going to use you as a tool, and you're not going to have any opportunities to grow or you know turn it into a career. And I think that's changed a lot. Yeah, and uh, PCA is doing a phenomenal job of that. You know, they're, really they're having are. more and more events there's a, a craftsmanship yep. forum coming up there's a women in paint in november there's a commercial yep. painting um meeting Huge. in november you know there, there's a actually a spanish event i'm going to um next next month september 29th yeah. i was uh, talking in orlando about that the other day where are you yeah. <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna go see uh try to brush up on the old espanol and see what what kind of damage i can do there but it's an outreach <laughs> to the Hispanic community you know pulling them in yeah absolutely um, but yeah the the idea of providing people a growth opportunity, you know, something we do at Painting Marketing Pros, which I strongly recommend painting companies do, is when you're talking to someone, figure out what what do they want for their life? What do they want for the future? And can you provide it? So even if you hire right. them as a painter, you know, you'll find some people are very interested in business or they want to, they, they yeah. want the opportunity to manage a team one day, or or maybe they want the opportunity to learn to sell, even though they're not an estimator. Is there, right. for their vision, what they're passionate about, is there a path in your company for them to get there? Because if there's not, you probably shouldn't hire them for any role. Right. Absolutely. Or you should empower them to to basically have it's a two way hire. You don't hire them, you know, they hire you too. Right. It, it's right. a two way hire. It's gotta work both ways for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, from the zero to five, we talked about the the personnel numbers. Yeah. You know, essentially when I think you, you said basically when you're nearing a million, you probably need to to add uh an overhead type position and and probably right. would have been smart to add it maybe earlier, maybe around half a million. You know, right. some take over a lot of that stuff. Um, so aside from from hiring, you mm -hmm. know, and, and getting to that maybe 40 number or so to have a five million dollar company, what other what are the things they could do, whether maybe that's sales or marketing or positioning, sure. what else should they be focused on? Um, I think I think they should most most of them are gonna be in the early stages, they're the salesperson. They're probably good at sales or they wouldn't have gotten to that point where they're growing. Sure. Not necessarily going to be the be all end all forever, but they're probably good at that. I think what they need uh, is marketing because and and marketing at any stage can be done in many ways. You they know, need to they hire your marketing pros, Tom. Exactly. You <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, but even in the early stages, and and part of that is having like processes and systems too are really important, right? Because in the early stages, it may be hey. You guys need to when you're in a neighborhood, you got to go do door hangers and all the all the neighbors, you yes. know, little yes. things like that. Canvas that neighborhood right around yeah, your budget. Huge, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was speaking with Brandon Lewis uh, recently, and 
you know, he, he's a big proponent of that. And I think that's a really important, important thing. You know, it, it, it there's a lot of little things you can do. And, and I will freely admit, I am not a marketer. Yeah. <laughs> that's just not my bag. And, and so I miss some of those, you know, gorilla nuance things that you can do at an early stage that are super simple and they're super inexpensive, you know, that, that, that will, you know, may get you more business than you want, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. I think the, the SOPs and the processes are super important. I'm going to loop back to that in a second, but this idea, I think there's a bigger idea that you were mentioning here. So you're, you're saying, you know, when you go out and do a project, Pepper the neighborhood, right? Your your yeah. band, hopefully it's a rap band or is already there. Yeah. You can a yard sign. I hope to God you got a yard sign, right? Yeah. Hopefully you're even for using subcontractors, hopefully they're wearing shirts with your company's logo and name on it. Right. But you, so you have that going on. But but the bigger, the bigger uh focus here is monetizing, further monetizing what you already have. And that's you already right. have a position, a presence in that neighborhood. Yeah. It doesn't take yeah. much to monetize it, right? You could even do right. door knocking on the, on the, you could do direct mail yeah. even to those immediate houses. You have a past customer list. You have a past right. prospective customer list. People think, well, they didn't close and, right. you know, and I followed up with them for a week and they didn't close. Maybe they didn't close with anyone, right? You put them in a campaign or estimate rocket. I know right. it's campaigns. You put them in something, right. you, you drip it out for the next year. You might yeah. land them six months or a year and it took you absolutely zero effort except for setting it up in the first place. So monetizing, taking fully capitalizing on the opportunities yeah. And the assets your business already has will help you, especially when you're when you're starting out. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's kind of funny because when we first set up our 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 follow up campaign, we go from like seven days, fourteen days, twenty one days, seven years, thirty days, <laughs> and then no, actually one year, three hundred. That's what we do. We do it in days or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and I've had people call and say. I just, this guy just called in. It was, a, they didn't even know it was going out in a year, right? But yeah, they'll do it because they'll be, I mean, how many, right. so you, you got maybe, especially let's, let's just hypothetically say it's through Angie, right? Or one of these lead aggregators. Right. And yep. so, you know, that they're sending it to five people, send it to 30 people, who knows how many Angie sent it to at this point, but we're sending it to all these people. Uh, and, and so of course, you know, it's highly competitive. If yeah. you put them in a campaign like that and you reach out to them in a year, I can almost yeah. promise you that no one else is. So if they didn't close, right. you're the last man standing. Absolutely. And yep. if they yep. decide to move forward at that point, people's lives change. Sometimes they're really not serious. Sometimes something happened, set them back. Right. And then and then six months, a year from now, they're like, you know what? Yeah, now is actually a much better time. Thank you. Thank you for reaching yeah. out. I didn't exactly. think you were remember. You didn't remember. Your automation remembered. <laughs> you remembered to set up the automation. You remembered to do it. Yeah. Planning, yeah. planning. I don't know whatever that's yeah. saying it failing failing to plan is failing planning to plan to is planning to fail <laughs> yeah you didn't do that you plan <laughs> uh, all right it's classic so you are accounting you are now software you're very detail oriented so i think you're gonna i think you're gonna have some good stuff here sops processes this is hard yeah. for a lot of people really what hard recommendations do you have for people who maybe don't feel like they have dialed in processes so um in in the simplest sense, a process is an outline of the things you do. So you literally need to sit down, and it, the, the, you don't have to have the greatest processes in the world. Good, you know, good processes come from a bad process that you started with. Yep. So, but you need a pro, you need processes for things that are done repeatedly, for things that you know you're likely to delegate. And again, this is one of those things when you're the only person. You are the process. 
But as soon as you start hiring people, there are there are these little things that don't get done all the time that if you don't have a process for them, then every time they need to get done, someone's got to go, hey, how do you do that? And you need to stop what you're doing and go explain that to them again. I I was I'm a member of a of a thing called SAS Academy, which is which is you know training or, or mentorship for SaaS business owners, and um, one of the greatest things I've heard is the video process process recording. So you basically sit down, even if you don't like to write, you you sit down with your or have your phone and you walk around whatever you're doing. And you basically just video and narrate what it is you're doing. That is that is a modern day process recording. Now, should have some text around it ultimately? Yeah, but you know, as a starting point, just having little videos about the different things you can do can go a long way to help people know, oh, hey, here's, you know, here's this video on it. Yeah, you want to know how to do that? Here's a video on it. Here's another video on it that explains the steps. I mean, that works also for sending people out to jobs too. Um, yep. Certainly video is a super powerful tool. Yeah, hundred percent. So that, that's uh, something. So at Pay Your Marketing Pros, we have something called a knowledge base. So there are common yep. questions or common issues or common things that arise. Yep. And if we have yep. a new team member, they might not know the answer to that, but they can right. go in and reference it. So every time you have any objection, every time you have an issue on site, yep. every time you have any kind of issue, that should be yep. recorded for the future. Exactly. So it's never a brand new thing again. People can always exactly. it's like an encyclopedia of your company. Sure. It's huge. Every, you know, any, any company that's growing and succeeding has something of that effect, right? So has some sort of a knowledge base, um, with both, you know, basically processes, how to do this thing or how to do that thing or how we, how we work together, how we talk together, how a project flows, whatever it is. But again, it's just an outline of the steps. That's, that's the fundamental piece of a process and even if you just get that part of it done even if it's not overly elaborated it's still better than not having anything than having it in your brain and no one you know no one can get in there without you being there yeah it causes you to be the bottleneck and we we record so that's one of the things i did when i was was kind of starting to build a team i record all the videos of how i did it and then i would send it and i had someone else essentially in our um our crm we use ClickUp now where they yep. would basically break it up. They would add uh, add text to it and then they would chop the video and then there'd yep. be little segments of video with accompanying text. And painting yep. companies can either have an admin do something like this or they could yep. go to Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, outsource sure. You can use uh, outsource talent in places like the Philippines and other countries to actually do this for you for relatively cheap. Again, right. taking advantage of the opportunities of globalization, the, the technology, estimate rocket, totally. everything that we have access to that we didn't used to have access to. Yeah. You have to do it. So yeah, what is that's the, really the, there's so okay. many good tools out there for that type of you know process creation. Now it's it's just it's wonderful. Yeah, I, and I want I want to address something else, Tom. Too, you said yeah. you're a member of a SAS Academy, and that yes. you're receiving training and mentorship. So continuing oh, yeah. education, investing in yourself, investing in the PCA, investing in stuff. Never be too too proud, too big, too smart to invest yeah. into learning. You have to. You have to keep doing it. You have to get. There's two. There's two big reasons for me. One is you need to be learning. If you're not learning, you know you're not growing. You're dying. Getting better. Um, you're getting worse, man. Every day. Exactly. And the other reason for those types of things is you need some. Um, you need peer. 
you know, uh, reinforcement, like, and, and the lonely and world a, otherwise. Yeah. As a business owner, it's, it is a lonely world and, and it's rewarding. And, and I, you know, I love it, but, uh, without other people to listen to and hear, you think you're the worst thing in the world. <laughs> you know? You're the only or, one who or, has all these fires and has yeah, all these. Or you think you're the, yeah. Or you think you're the best thing in the world. And then, you know, one you way or the other. Yeah. yeah. You need it. And it's really, it is so healthy. And, and you learn about what other people are doing for their systems and processes. And it, you, you know, I can't overemphasize how important those are that being in some sort of continuing education group, it, it's just really invaluable. And you meet people that become, that can become your group. You know, you make friendships at those events and then those become people that you can really bounce things off of. And and that is invaluable too, to have that, you know, uninterested third party. Uh, it's not your wife. It's not one of the people that work for you. It's just some, it's somebody who really is going to tell you, Hey, you know, you're a schmuck or they're going to say, Hey, I think you're on the right track. Don't be thinking you're not, you know, going in the right direction. It really helps. Yeah. yeah I love it, man. So what would the, you know, there, there's, well, SOPs, processes, they're not, you know, people yeah. overcomplicate them. If if it's you doing it, just write down and record what you're doing. Boom. You have an right. SOP, right? Yeah. What is, obviously, it's something that can be iterated on. You said it might not even be a good one, but just right. write it down, then you have a starting point. What's your right. SOP or your process for improving your SOPs and processes? Um, I think it's a, I mean, for me, it's, and in, in our company, it's kind of a, hey, if you read it and it's terrible and it doesn't really fit what's going on anymore, Fix. then you should update it, you know, right. take the time to update it to what's new. Because let's face it, there are some things that, when you don't have a process and you want to get the process down, you create it. And it may be something that's a really core process. And nobody may ever look at that again because everybody does it every single day. Sure. You know, a lot of the time, the processes you need for things that happen occasionally that you forget, oh, God, how did we do that thing? Right. But uh, having those processes, the core processes, you know, they're probably, you probably should have a review process for those that says, hey, yeah. Once a quarter, once a year, at some point, we're going to review those and see, are there new steps? Have we changed how we do that? Should we change how we do that? That's Especially smart. for your core everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Oh, they maybe, maybe they added uh, you know, software. Maybe they, they took on Estimate Rocket right. because they got big enough. Well, that's probably going to change quite a few things. A, a lot of processes, for sure. I like that. I like that regular review. I mean, that applies to a lot of aspects of business, but that's so rarely done. Oh, I know. We usually wait till but, something breaks, and I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> right? What did the process say on that? Why is that? Did, why did that happen? And then it's yeah. this reactive, you know, retroactive thing as opposed yeah. to getting ahead of it. Yeah, I do think I do think there's good opportunities to, you know, if you see something, say something, kind of thing where. You know, hey, this isn't the way that. By the way, that old process that that's nothing like what we do this now. Can you know? Can I update that, or should we update that? And I think that's a that that part of it can help because it is tough to review every single. Pro you know, if you do develop a whole ton of processes, which is good, um, you need to look at them and throw out the ones that are irrelevant anymore. Because, like you said, if you bought a new um, piece of software or you hired a uh, you know painter marketing pros to take over the marketing stuff. You don't necessarily need that. That process becomes different. You know, there's just one word in it: painter marketing pros, instead of like a thirty-page book of what your right. process is. So. 
So how do you delegate, you know, the updating or who decides what processes, how do you delegate that to your team or does the, should the owner do all that? Oh, no, you should, that should definitely be delegated to the team and probably whoever, and again, depending upon your size, delegated initially to whoever the, that team leader is that's responsible for that area and, and review it with them. And that can be a, I think you, that can be a healthy process once you get into it. And it's going to start out with something like, Hey, let's go look at a couple of the processes and they go through them and they're all out of whack. And you say, Hey, you know what? We really need to do some work on these. Let's, let's, let's chip away at one a week or whatever to get through this until we've up, we've looked at them all and thrown out the ones that don't matter and improve the ones that do matter. Yeah. So you, so kind of backing up a little more macro here, you know, back to the theme of going to 5 million, you're ba- we're basically assuming that the company knows how to sell because they're, they're right. in this range, you know, they're, they're making sales. Right. So then we need to, we need to hire. So we need to come up with a consistent mechanism. So a recruiting funnel, potentially even right. having someone full-time or, or at least that's a main core yeah. component of their job doing that. Uh, right. We need to layer on SOPs and processes and and things will, yeah. a lot of things will start to break pretty fast if you get to a certain point and you haven't done that. Yeah. Uh, and then we need to market. So we need to get good at marketing because that that's really, you know, people say, well, I, I get 80% of my my business from repeat referral. Well, maybe that works at 500,000, you know, might not work at five right. million, right? There, you right. have to reach what's called sort of a cold audience. You know, you have to expand your right. your um, reach. Is there anything that I'm missing, uh, like big topic wise to get to 5 million? No, I think we've covered most of the most of the ground there. I mean, I think, I think, I think uh, you know, over probably at about one and a half million to two, you are going to need. Um, you're probably going to need sales assistance because you you're not going to be able to sell it all anymore. Sure. Uh, and I don't know if we touched on that, but um, that is going to be a really, especially in service contracting, that is going to be an area that requires the processes to have been defined because. And in many cases, systematized because, you know, however you're doing your estimates, conveying that, depending upon what you're using for system, is going to be difficult to a new person that you may have to train doing it. And I know that's a fear for a lot of our customers is they come in and, you know, they're like, oh, I don't want to learn this. Well, but if you don't learn this, you're never going to be able to get someone to to or set up a process for it. You're never going to be able to get someone else to go out and do estimates and sell for you because they're not going to they're not going to be you. You've got, already got however many years you've got in the in the industry and in the business. Yeah, and, so and that's one a, of the that's things you kind of have to accept or a mental shift you have to make because because we as business owners, especially when we're growing stuff, we think no one can do it as good as us, right? Or like no one's going to be able to sell. Well, I understand this company right. is so much better than everybody, anyone, and that may be the case. Yeah. But what you have to get good at, a mental shift that you need to make is, is well, maybe you're not very good at actually building the team and, and actually running a company. Maybe you're good <laughs> at running the, in doing a company, but you right. might not be good at running a company. And do you want to do right. a company or do you want to run a company? Because if you suck right. at running a company, you're going to have to go ahead and accept that and then learn to get good right. at it. Yeah. And it no, is it's a true. And, shift. It, and you I might, mean, some of your metrics might get hurt. You know, maybe right. your close rate does suffer. Maybe it's 30. But but you kind of have to accept that so you can actually scale past that that sort of breaking right. point where you can't do it all anymore. Right. Yeah. I personally I love programming. I if I was, you know, if it was if it was my uh if I could, I'd do nothing but that. <laughs> but yeah. I can't because I my 
skills are, you know, elsewhere. I'm good at that, but I'm also good at systems and helping people grow and, and, and managing the company and seeing it grow is like the most fun thing you can do. Yeah. Well, and you're on this podcast right now. You're not programming, yeah. right? Exactly. You're, 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 exactly. you're spreading the brand, you're, you're spreading your knowledge yeah. and, and it's something you're yeah. doing for the company. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Tom, this has been incredible. We're, we're coming to near the end of it. I want to, uh, well, you know what, actually, let me back up. I, I had a question okay. for you. I'm sure. really glad I remembered. So you've seen, you've seen some companies, again, you have a larger sample size than most. So you've seen some yeah. companies really grow and you've seen some yeah. not as much. Is, yeah. is there any, are there any trends that you've noticed with the ones that, that grow versus the ones that don't? Well, I can say that the ones that, from our perspective, the ones that are growing the most are actually utilizing the most th- features in the system. I won't say probably nobody using everything, but they're the people that take the time to learn the systems and understand how they work and, and embrace them. Um, and there are, there are a lot of customers that use our system, not in the way it was meant to be used. And it probably is aggravating as hell for them to, to use it in the way yeah. they're doing it. And, and I think, um, so that's, that gets back to, uh, being in, you know, uh, some sort of a continuing education, you know, reading self-improvement books. Uh, somebody said the other day, one of his five non-negotiables every single day is read at least 10 pages in a self-help or self-improvement book. And yeah. actually at 10 pages a day, it really goes pretty quick. So, but um, um, it, it, it's, it's a really critical thing. You, you've got to keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think the obviously estimate rocket is good software. It helps using it is going to help your business. But right. I think the there's sort of this um cause and effect, uh chicken and the egg kind of thing, right? You you hear people promote sure. at events or say, you know, people who participate in our program see a 30% uh bigger <laughs> sales than people who don't, right? Or people who come to the event. Right. But the people, the the real underlying um sort of bigger cause, I would say, is that the people who implement estimate rocket implement the features are embracing technology and change in general right. and leaning into right. it so that propensity right. to, to be forward thinking to use the yeah. tools that are accessible to you is ultimately the those people win in the long run absolutely you have to you know it's like if you didn't how would you paint the house without a paintbrush and if you're going to paint it are you going to use the right brush or are you going to use a terrible brush you know there's tools are everywhere and software yeah. is a tool process as a tool. All these things are tools. If you're not going to use to the appropriate tools or the best tools for the job, then you're going to have a harder job to do. Yeah. You're putting yourself at a disadvantage from right. somebody who is. For sure. Uh, Tom, is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap up this episode? Uh, just that that was a great conversation. And I, uh, I truly love getting into the weeds on some of these things because it's important. And, and even I learn a lot every time I do one of these podcasts about myself and always learn something new. So. Tom, are you on Facebook? Uh, I am. I don't, okay. I'm not a big Facebook guy. Though. Well, I'm adding you to the group. So we have right. a marketing mastermind podcast forum yep. on Facebook. Yep. I'm going to add you to it. So awesome. people will be able to tag you and ask sure. you questions directly if they have anything. So you need to start checking your Facebook a little bit, Tom. I will. Well, is there another way that they can contact you if someone wants to email you or anything like that? Sure. Tom at estimaterocket.com. Okay. Tom at estimaterocket.com. Yeah. Okay. So tag them in the Facebook group. 
But if you don't want to, you can also email Palm yeah, at SIRocket.com. I do check it probably once a day. So Okay. Well, I, that's term cool. out. All right, Tom, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for the time. My pleasure. Likewise. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.